Welcome to the Concession Stand Podcast. I almost just did it again. Jesus Christ, autopilot brain is in full swing. We're talking about... I really got to practice this and write this down. I just don't have... Oh, I, I, redo it again. I, 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 I redo it again. I, I don't have this. I don't Take have three. this. Jesus Christ. Everyone, welcome to the Concession Stand Podcast. I am your host. It's Sean. It's me, Sean. Sean, my name's up here. My Twitter handle is there. You're on this Twitch page, so it's, I don't know, or you're listening to this on a podcast platform, or you're watching the VOD on YouTube. I don't know. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. I got my good friends with me, Micah and Jared. Jared, Micah, please introduce yourselves. Well, I don't have to get up and say another podcast. Since you said my name first, I will go first, and I am named Jared. Uh, it was a name given to me. It is not a name that was uh, chosen by me, but I've come to love it over the years. Uh, if you add on air to that, but take out the D, that's how you get to my Twitch channel and my YouTube and my Twitter. So feel free to follow all those podcasts. Uh, or no, uh, platforms. Um, only one podcast. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't have this down either. I mean, uh, I don't know. Oh, what that means. I, oh yeah, actually, Jaron Air is actually my lettered boxed as well. I forgot that I was able to snag that too. Not like it's a very sought after username. Um, but yeah, get on, get on all those platforms. Follow me. Tell me, tell me about yourself. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, all right, and I'm Micah. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, short and sweet. I love it. Yeah, no bolt. No, I don't. I don't need the other stuff. It's perfect. Oh yeah, it's Baby Boy Lacroix. That's me, Baby Boy Lacroix, <laughs> Which, aka uh, uh, peanut butter and jelly. What? You're both. Yep. Best of both worlds, I guess. Oh, that's Hannah Montana. That's not. That's uh, not Mike. Uh, shit, dude. God. <laughs> this week we're talking about I was just about to get into it. <laughs> I'm just diving in we're talking about me and John Malkovich uh, this was written by Charlie Kaufman directed by Spike Jones. stars John Cusack, Cameron Diaz Catherine Keener and weirdly enough it does star John Malkovich the IMDB synopsis of this film is a frustrated puppeteer discovers a secret portal into the mind of a famous actor an experience he mistakenly shares with his animal-loving wife and a frosty, attractive co-worker. I want to warn people, if you have any interest in watching this, you should turn this off immediately because we're going to jump right into the spoilers. I have never seen this before. I heard of this movie so much. Um, I, I was telling Mike about this. I was watching the movie and for, my brain was, I knew Spike Jones directed it. I thought he wrote it too. So I was just like, as I was watching, I was like, God, this is like, this movie feels like a Charlie Kaufman type movie. And like, and I was like three quarters of the way through and I looked it up and I was just cracking up. Cause I was like, Oh shit, this is a Charlie Kaufman movie. I had no idea. He's just got that weird style about him. And it was kind of funny to get that far to the movie and be like, like God, damn, this Spike John, I don't know. So that kind of cracked me up that this ended up being a Charlie Kaufman movie. Um, my quick thoughts on it before we start diving into things is I did enjoy this. I was, uh, it is very strange, very weird. I was messaging these two while I was watching it. And I was like, I just hit that moment and we'll talk about that later. And then probably like 10 minutes later, I hit another, that moment. 
and it was uh <laughs> I was just I was not ready for those parts. I was just knowing the title of the movie, I was like, okay, something is going to happen in the capacity of them living through John Malkovich, but I was not ready for where it was gonna go in terms of where it went, I guess. But my overall I mean I enjoyed watching it, thought it was entertaining, strange, but entertaining, so uh, I have a couple fun facts to state at the top of everything. Okay. Um, so this was Spike Jones's first movie. Okay. This was Charlie Kaufman's first movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and this was Catherine Keener's first time being nominated for an Oscar for In- Best Actress. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, it was also nominated for Best Writer for... Uh, Charlie Kaufman and Best Director for Spike Jones. So all of on their first go that they all got nominated. nominated. Interesting. For those who don't know Charlie Kaufman, he's most famously known for writing. I don't know if he. I don't think he directed, but he wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So if people know that movie, which I feel like most people into movies are aware of, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, he wrote that movie. So uh, Charlie Kaufman uh, does some strange things. <laughs> Yeah, he's known for being very Mm -hmm. strange in what he does. Um, This also stars a 29-year-old Octavia Spencer Mm, in a cameo role. Yeah, yeah. This this was one of her first three movies. Before that, she was mostly um, a random cameo on episodes of television shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh, a random surprise. That was nice. I know. That was the first time I I noticed because I, you know, last time I watched this, I was 18, and I don't think she was... I didn't hadn't watched anything of hers at that point in my life. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, since I'm the one who was the one who brought this up, I'll let Jared talk about anything before I say anything else too detailed. But I will say, I actually, I went into this thinking I was going to be like, this was fucking weird. And like, I, but I actually ended up liking it, I think, more as like an actual adult than when I watched it for the first time at 18 in high school. Cause I think it, it was a lot smarter than i think i was able to understand at the time i was just like aha it's funny it's a portal and it's a uh, mm. uh, john malkovich funny so but i it, it i don't know i enjoyed it i think a lot more than i expected to as a second viewing so mm-hmm. all right yeah. Here, I, in. um i know that i have started it before but seeing the ending i'm almost positive i never made it all the way through why i didn't make it all the way through i'm not really sure i don't think it was a i turned it off thing i probably just like had something to do and just never revisited it or i very well could have seen this movie all the way through and just forgot how it ended um the part that i remember i remembered up to was uh the door in the portal um, I remember that you would actually go inside of John Malkovich. Um, but then after that, it gets a little bit hazy. Probably, I probably stopped maybe right before the first time Cameron Diaz went in. Cause that's where everything started to feel brand new. Um, but I really, I really like John Malkovich and it's interesting looking at his career trajectory before this movie. And then looking at his career trajectory after this movie and Mm -hmm. how they also like kind of speak about that in like a meta way in the film Mm -hmm. where they're just like, yeah, you know him. He was that guy in that thing. Yeah. 
um, where it's like, oh, yeah, like you kind of get the movie right, but not really. Uh, but like now, I feel like anybody you talk to who actually like does immerse themselves into, you know, consumer film or whatever, you say John Malkovich and they know exactly who he is, which is funny that we're doing this movie because it's almost like we're giving him free promo because season two of Space Force also just came out. It's <laughs> true. Um, that is true. Which he's in. Good timing. Um, but uh, I would say one of the one of the nice things about my pass fail uh, scale is that there's <laughs> a lot of room there. And I would say this I'll, I'll say it early. This gets a pass from me. Um, Hell yeah. But man, is it weird? It is um, weird. I, I definitely didn't dislike the movie. There were definitely funny parts. There are weird parts and we can dive into it more like as a as a whole. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely say that this is a movie that you should watch at least once. Uh, cause the other thing that's really interesting about looking up this movie is all of the reviews from the time in which it came out, talk about how innovative it was. Um, and even so that I like talked to some other friends and I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching being John Malkovich for. Uh, a podcast I'm doing, and they also use the word innovative when they talked about it, or like groundbreaking, because I guess people just weren't writing films like this <laughs> one, or this is just like the first one of its kind. Um, so yeah, I would recommend it for watching, even if you end up hating it, it's still pretty cool to see the perspective. Oh, that's the other thing. I forget what you said, but the the fact that I looked up, oh, you're talking about noms. I looked up Ebert's original review of it and he ended it with either being John Malkovich gets nominated for best picture or the members of the Academy need portals into their brains <laughs> in uh, 1999. So like, you know, if Ebert said something like that, then yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good movie, I think. And I <laughs> think that's what I find so enthralling about it is it is just not like any other movie out there. It, it's just very unique and it, and it's it's smart. A lot of the dialogue is really clever. And like one of my favorite lines is right after John Cusack goes to the portal for the first time and he comes back to like see Catherine Keener. And and he's just like, Dad, are you don't you know where I've been? Like, I went in there with a piece of wood and now I don't have the wood. Where is it? Is it in his head? Is it lost forever? Is it a subconscious? Am I me? Is Malkovich Malkovich? Like <laughs> I, that whatever that line was, just like it was so quick and fast and it was just like funny and weird and clever. And it's really I felt like it was like, I, I don't know, I was right there with him, with his energy as, as the character of just like, what was going on? Holy shit, this is amazing. He does mm -hmm. eventually find that wood, too. Yeah, he does, he yeah, does. yeah, at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, I think the movie was it, it, it kind of it's a little slow and I, I wouldn't say slow, but it like it's it's just weird enough where I think you're intrigued the whole time. It's not necessarily a slow film because like he's trying to find um, he's they show him doing the puppeteering, which the puppeteering stuff was nuts. The I, I, I don't even I don't know anything about puppeteering or anything of that, but like watching how those moved and those are so lifelike and crazy. Um, I thought it was great how it sets up 
where he's doing the show and I he's doing that show on the street and it started getting like sexual and I was like, oh fucking no, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. And then and then that dad's like, yeah, just watch the show. And I was like, oh fucking God, no, here we go. <laughs> and then obviously he's that dad was being a bad dad, by the way. Oh, not, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fault, you know. Yeah. But then when he goes to look for the job and he's it's like, yeah, it's on the seven and a half floor, and I was immediately getting like weird Harry Potter vibes, like, what the hell's the seven and a half floor? And uh, I thought it was great how it's just like, like one, like that building is built that way. The mystery of that floor and like uh, I, I was trying to figure out why Floris the um, why the speech impediment. Yeah. Yeah. Because like yeah. Uh, I, that, I was just I probably sat on that too long because I was like, why is she's the only one that cannot understand yeah. Uh, Craig and even um, I can't remember the doctor's name, but like even him, he's like, oh, sorry, I got my speech pad. And he's like, no, I can hear you perfectly fine. Yeah, like, I don't Lester. Know Lester. Lester. Yeah. He's like, I don't under, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? And so I kept trying even to think of lying to me about my, my terrible <laughs> speech. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm thinking like for like a split second, I'm like, am I fucking crazy? Like I'm thinking like, <laughs> I, I don't understand what's going on. Um, I think I think that's actually why it's like that. I think it's it's trying to make you sort of doubt yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's in there. It's as a device of just like not mm-hmm. everything is as it seems, and mm-hmm. that's fair. A little off here, and mm-hmm. so I think it is supposed to just make you question things a little. Yeah, I liked. Um, I, I wasn't really expecting them to dive. Well, I, I don't know. I wasn't fully expecting them to dive into why the floor was built the way it was, but I thought it was interesting the history of the seventh and a half floor, and uh, and whatnot. But um, I thought there's like a lot of little details like that that I thought were cool to kind of you know keep you engaged and watching and just kind of enthralled with this weird like <laughs> this world that's real but clearly in some I, I don't know what you want to call it kind of dimension or something but um but it was i don't know it was it was interesting from for me for that point um i don't know if you guys have any spots in between i'm going to kind of bounce around so if you dive in with whatever part you want to talk about i'm all for that so i'm fine to bounce around I, i don't have anything i didn't really take any notes besides the um the trivia stuff because I was just enthralled the whole time that I was just like, oh okay. man, this is so enjoyable. <laughs> so I, I, I yeah. a pretty decent amount of notes. Uh, the, the, I mean, the thing, I think the thing that like first struck me was like, I noticed that part, but the, you know, the low ceilings mm-hmm. obviously was a, was a plot device. Um, and the orientation movie was so fucking weird. <laughs> um, but like the, immediately when I saw that, I was like, John Cusack is actually kind of a tall dude, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. And I looked it up, and he's like six two. Um, and I'm just like, man, filming those office scenes had to suck for him. Like those had to be yeah. really long days on set. Yeah, to be six two and to be filming just like in... hunched like this all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're supposed to be on a set that's like you know uh, made for that ridiculous backstory. Right. Um, and that was the first thing that stuck out to me. Um, uh, and also, I don't know. I I really like. I feel like I this movie reminded me that I like John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of his movies. Gross Point Blank is still one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and watching this one, I was just like, this is a very different tone from what I used to see <laughs> him do. Uh, his character um sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't think. 
I don't think there was a single character in this movie with any redeeming qualities. Um, and that's always harder for me to engage with. Mm, Ironically, uh, I think John Malkovich is the only, the actual John Malkovich is the only one who is just a hundred percent. Like, like he, he's just like polite and he's just being quiet with everybody and just like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. And even then it sucks because like what, 80% 80% of the time he's on screen, he's not actually him. Right. He, like he yeah. has to portray someone else. So it's like, right. I mean, I, I kind of, he kind of sucks now too. Like he doesn't <laughs> really get to be John Malkovich, which is, you know, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the first thing that like really, really like stopped me. And I was like, oh, wait, I need to look this up because this seems uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, um, the set design for that stuff was pretty, uh, I wonder, it's gotta be fun for them to make that kind of set and then see, you know, <laughs> like they're trying to scrunch around and like, you know, these smaller rooms and things like that. I don't know. It's gotta be, um, just fun to watch. I don't know. As from the production standpoint. Oh, uh, also, I guess, uh, my, I watched this like at the, at the peak of daylight. And, uh, whenever I watch stuff like that, if the sets are particularly dark, it's like more difficult for me. Mm. So for the first like 10 minutes of the movie, I didn't know that was Cameron Diaz. (laughs) It doesn't look like her, like her hair is all crazy and they did very little makeup. And apparently they thought a lot of people on set thought she was a random stranger and stuff, I guess. Just like, who is this? I don't know. Like they don't, no one recognized her in costume and everything. So that's kind of funny. Wild because you know what movie she did? a year before this yeah i looked it up and i forget it's something about mary yeah that's what oh. it was. she she did maybe her, her like biggest most recognizable role of her career depending on who you talk to and the next year she did a movie where unless you're like really paying attention you can't even recognize her mm-hmm. that's what so that's what I, I think is so interesting too is like the casting for this especially this was a first time director first time writer and these are John Cusack was a, in a he was a movie star at that point yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. and John Malkovich was coming a few years after of mice and men and like mm-hmm. like these were not small actors and actresses and they all just like read the script and they were just like compelled like this is so interesting and innovative like i I mean, yes count me in mm-hmm. and it, it also ha- i didn't research this so maybe the answer is out there but it, it did make me wonder too if if charlie kaufman like left the actor name blank and it was always just going to be being whoever we can cast or if he like specifically like was like i'm writing this about john malkovich and 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 i'm getting him in and or something my, my understanding was he wrote this with John. Mal- I, I mean, I think he wrote it for John Malkovich and he pitched it to him over. I thought it was a few years and it took John. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich said no, but you sh- he liked the script, but he didn't think it should be him. He thought it should be somebody else. But Kaufman wanted it to be Malkovich. So they kind of bore him down to eventually take the role and okay, be in the movie and whatnot. Yeah. So it was I think he had Malkovich in mind the entire time. So oh, cool. that's yeah. that's I like that. Yeah. Um, do they explain the animal? Like, I, it's just kind of like they just have the animals in the apartment. And I was never explained. It's never explained. They, they never explained it. What I what I what I feel like it was. So she works. She dropped it early on that she worked at like a pet store mm-hmm. or like he visits her at the pet store. Okay. So I took okay. it, I took it as 
like she took the sick ones home, home. Okay. to take care of. That's okay. kind of what I interpreted. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's that was assumption. a bit chaotic. Like, yeah. immediately you're just like, what the f-? like? This is so. Why would you ever choose to be live like this? I, I, I don't know. I, I think also. It, it, I was going to say, it's hard for me to not think about budgets now, too, because as soon as I saw the chimpanzee, I was like, oh, this budget's got to be astronomical. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they were, I was watching the animals. It was I was watching the, the, the chimp and the dog interact. And I was wait. I didn't know if like the chimp was just going to punch the dog. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I, was waiting. I was like, oh, shit, man. Oh, my God. I, I, love, I love the chimp origin story. That's halfway through Dude, the movie. That, that flashback was so absurd. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it what was, a wild movie, man! It was a little try. It was I felt real bad. I didn't. That was <laughs> yeah, no. So I guess we'll jump in. Uh, this kind of takes me into like my my what the fuck moments of this movie, where it just it flips. Where so at this point in the movie, um, they I think they're well into their scheme of letting people explore John Malkovich for money, essentially. And so I think um, Cameron Diaz's character goes in and. It progresses to where she's using John Malkovich to basically fall in love with Catherine Keener's character, Maxine, and John Cusack gets jealous. And so I didn't really know how far they were going to go. But then the next it's like that happens. And then the next scene, he's got a fucking gun. And I was like, holy shit, what is going What I At first, I'm like looking at the screen like that's not a fucking gun, is it? Like, why does he have a fucking gun all of a sudden? And sure, shit, he's got a gun. And he, he's just going up to her. And I look now to see if they do the trick. Because the training's always you don't put your finger on the trigger unless you're going to fire. And so now it's been embedded in my brain to watch in movies. Like, what is their intent to, you know, and if it's just a regular person having a gun with bad intent, I don't know what they're going to do. But it's, I'm always just curious to see and like, sure, shit. I mean, you had that thing on the trigger and I'm like, oh, my God, I got so nervous so quick. And it just flipped just immediate where I was like, yeah. I had my guard down, basically. And my my God, this movie just flip real quick. And yeah. uh, I was not ready for this. That was my first message. You guys like, what is what oh, is going that, on? That was the I just got to that moment message. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was uh, your yeah. second one then? Um, What was the second one? I think it was when they started taking over, like he started controlling John Malkovich or, oh my God, what was, I'm trying to remember. When, when he impersonated Cameron Diaz when going to sleep with Catherine Keener again. It might've been that part. Yeah. It's just like, and, and he, he, he's like, and then John Malkovich is like, yeah, I, I was just like, what is, what is going on? Yeah. Cause that would make sense. Cause that's when he puts her in the crate. And yep. then he goes. So yeah, I think that was yeah. my my second. Like, what is going on here? This is getting crazy. Um, yeah, I put Craig holding gun on Lottie. Holy shit, nervous as fuck. Um, <laughs> and I was a hundred percent not ready for the Charlie Sheen cameo. Um, yeah, I, I love that cameo. <laughs> that was just. I love. He's like. He's like. Nah, man. You were just smoking some some weed, man. You're fine. Which is funny now, knowing the history of Charlie Sheen. But yeah, it's rough. I like how they at the end they show him just like a balding mess too. Yeah. Just like yeah, yeah, which is funny because neither of them look that way now, and yeah. though it's what we're like three times the length of time away from the right, movie as right. they said we were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was an interesting tidbit of 
or not a tidbit, but watching, I think it's when Maxine is having dinner with, um, uh, oh God, John, is it uh, Charles, Charles and Lottie? And she's holding her cigarette and she's not ashing it. And it's just oh, like, Oh dude, that drove me up the wall. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. That was one of my notes. Yeah. yeah. I was nervous watching it, but then I'm wondering if that's just like, she's watching these two talk and she's just like, doesn't even have the capacity to like ash the cigarette. Cause of these two just like, uh, is she in awe of them? Is she fascinated by them? Like, or is she just like so weirded out that it's just like, you know, I don't know. It was it was a kind of an interesting little detail to throw in to kind of like see where her character was at in that moment with those two. Um, I feel like probably obviously more towards Lottie than Charles, but um, I just liked her character so much that I was like, she doesn't ask her cigarette because she's an asshole. It doesn't care where ashes go. <laughs> yeah, I would say she's by far like the scummiest of oh. all the characters. Oh. Yeah, if you, had to, if you had to pick a quote unquote villain, it's Maxine. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, well, that's like the uh, she meets up with Charles in the restaurant or like she's like meet me at the wherever oh, at seven and there she's like us what do you do he's like i'm a puppeteer and then she immediately goes check please and just and then it just, and then it just cuts i thought that was pretty funny um his name's craig there we go craig why did i wrote charles down yeah sorry craig i literally have craig in the next line too so let's fix my <laughs> notes here i don't know these characters john cusack's character so i'm just gonna start yeah. saying um <laughs> i was uh i was not ready for when they're done being john malkovich how they leave i i, I, was, oh, just, yeah. I was just not ready just, for like a random hole in the sky opens up and they just fall just randomly on the side of the new jersey turnpike uh, just yeah like, they, they never explained the wetness because there there are times when they're like soaking wet and then there are other times that they're just like like you know maybe a light glisten they never explained why you get wet when you leave i know or why you don't get wet yeah, I would guess it's when they're sliding down. Maybe like preparedness of like whether you crawled in through the tunnel or whether you like didn't re- know what was going to happen and you got sucked in and like slid. That's the only thing I could think of. Mm, that'd be yeah, an interesting thought. Yeah, even uh, even when when John goes in because he goes in when somebody else is in the guy that he comes out with fully dry. Yeah, mm-hmm. just that's fully true. dry. So did he? But, get- but he also he mentions he's like that was my best time yet. He did mention that, yeah. So, so it could it could be like because he, that was his you know he's used to knowing what to expect when you go in now. Hmm. That would be an interesting thing to. I mean, I I, I don't plan to rewatch this uh, like tomorrow, but <laughs> on another rewatch of it or something, that'd be interesting to see the connection with that because I wonder if it's something with. Because when John Cusack comes out the last time, he's just like, I mean, he's muddy oh, and whatnot. Well, it's, ra- yeah. it's raining too, isn't it? Yeah. It is also raining. But I mean, he's just like covered in mud. Yeah. And so, I mean, but I know the tunnel they slide in to get to the portal and whatnot's right. just mud and stuff. But maybe there's something with like. Could the, be like the length of time spent inside too. Something like that. Or like signifying like the dirtiness of what you're doing as John Malkovich mm-hmm. or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. It was interesting. I thought it was interesting. The science of like the, or the science, whatever you want to call it, the, of why Dr. Lester and them are like doing what they're doing. And they kind of like they explained it enough where it was still kind of confusing, but like enough that I was like, okay, it makes sense why they're doing what they're doing and that. And it was enough to kind of like, like, you know, I, I always think of looper with time travel where he's like, 
all the time travel movies try to explain time travel and Looper just just went past and like, I'm not even going to try to explain this to you because it's just not even, it's just, I'm not going to waste my time essentially is what Looper said with time travel. But uh, right. it seemed like this kind of like found that balance of like, here's enough. It's weird, but just take it, just take it for what it is and just go with it. Um, so I kind of appreciated the movie doing that. Um, I was trying to see what else I've got. Only hearing the music during Craig's puppet show for Maxine when he is inside Malkovich. Oh, right. So she tells Craig to do his, um, mm -hmm. uh, his puppeteering. And so like, I was wondering the significance of that moment where you don't um, hear the crashes or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, a, so maybe it's like a blissful moment for Craig. Cause it's like, he's getting to do what he loves, which is the puppeteering essentially, which is what he's doing, you know, inside Malkovich essentially. And so, I thought it was an interesting choice to see like, you know, and you could see he was like enjoying himself and um, well, I think it also mimics the, the very opening scene of the movie with when he, John Cusack is doing it with the actual puppet. Mm -hmm. I think that's just music, no other sound effects. So I think it's just like he's putting his masterpiece into it now real life as John. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same exact thing mm -hmm. with just the music and just the performance. That's how I sort of took it. That's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, it's um the kind of that that correlation of him being a puppeteer and like using John as a puppet to have. I think that's brilliant. Just like the way that like he, that's how he gave that character backstory is just like mm -hmm. yeah, it makes sense that he ended up taking over because he's literally a puppeteer. So yeah, he's, you know he's he's puppeteering John. Mm -hmm. So I, I I thought that was so clever. I thought it was interesting reading about. John Malkovich saying he researched this role like he would any other role because it's not exactly, you know, it's not him per se. He's just, it's a version of him. And so he had to like, you know, he did like research into how this John Malkovich, which I feel like it's got to be a weird experience. I'm sure it's like in uh this is the end where it's the extreme versions of themselves yeah. or, you know, whatever. And, uh, but I thought it was kind of an interesting, like I imagine doing that scene, you're playing yourself, but yourself is being taken over by somebody else who's being you. Like that's got to be such a a weird mindset to get in as an actor. Of okay, what would this character do as me? But it's not me. You know, I don't know. And so yeah. I, I imagine he had a lot of fun doing like that scene with the um, doing the show for um, for Maxine. Um, oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. I was going to say one thing that would be interesting to look up is how they shot the um, the restaurant scene when he's with all the other. Oh, yeah, dishes. yeah. Yeah, that was like 99. You would shoot that significantly different than probably you would shoot it today. Um, so I mean, I'm like, so I will say that's also the same year that uh, Star Wars Episode One came out. Mm. So there was a there was advanced CGI out there, well mm. as advanced as that movie was. But given that those two movies had very different budgets, uh, you know, it's. But I agree. Like I, the only thing mm. I can think of is that they, it, they literally either would have had to do like shoot him doing something dressed as something in each shot, and then splice the footage together, or 
have everybody as different actors and then just like CG his head on to him, have him then do each individually and CG the head on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, that's it. That was a really impressive scene. And also one of my, what the fuck scenes, but in like <laughs> the best way. Yeah. It's so good. Just like mm-hmm. it, cause it flows too. It's like you, you believe it. It's like, these are all individual characters yet. They're all John Malkovich. My favorite being the one where it's him singing on the piano and he mm. just like dances his foot over as John's running through. And mm. uh, I do I like it. I was curious if he was going to enter the portal himself. So I feel like as I was asking that question, that sequence kind of started up. I was like, Oh shit. Are we like, so yeah, I was, was definitely uh, in my notes too. Yeah. I was, I was pretty happy that they put John Malkovich through the John Malkovich portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to know why, Maxine never wanted to go through the portal. Like she never seemed interested in it in the slightest. That's like, like a, even when he found out about it, she was just like, cool, we can make money off of this. I think um, her motivation was like control and power. And so I think at least at first there wasn't a way to control John Malkovich as far as they were aware. I th- so I, I just thought of this, but it could be the reason that, uh, John Cusack's character wanted to go in was because he liked being somebody else and it was like wow this person's living a great life like he did not like his life I'm wondering if it's something if it's saying something about Maxine where she not necessarily enjoyed her life but she liked herself to a point like, you know she was pretty vain she didn't and, need to be anybody else yeah she was completely yeah. fine she, she didn't need to be John Malkovich she was fine being Maxine or something maybe something along those lines because I literally so you said that I didn't even think Maxine didn't go through so no yeah not like literally as I watched the movie there was never a point where she even slightly considered going into the portal she wanted to either control Malkovich uh, on her own, or she wanted to control Malkovich by controlling Lottie or Craig. Mm-hmm. But never was she like, I'll go in there and do it myself. She's like, nah, I can just do it from here. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I never I never thought of that. Um, uh, the anxiety, so I put my anxiety of when Craig and it's Craig, right? That's who Junkie, okay, Craig and Maxine He's in John Malkovich. And he's like, he's talking to the agent. He's like, I want to be a puppeteer now. And he's like, okay, yeah, like they just whatever. But the, yep. he puts his coffee mug down. Did you see how he put his coffee mug down? No, it's, I didn't. it's it's like this little table, and then there's like a little nook, and then the part where you would put the cups. He puts it like on the nook, and the mug kind of like tilts. And I was like, oh my fucking god, man! Like this mug's gonna fall. And it's just like I I hate I I could not focus on anything else during that that whole scene. Got rude for me. Was- I think I was too distracted by how much of a dick he was to his uh, receptionist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, he sucked. A, a royal asshole. Oh, yeah. That's putting it very nicely, too. Yeah, he yeah. sucked. You're a <laughs> terrible person. Not ready for uh, for that type of uh, cruelty, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I forgot about this. They're doing, like, the um, the scene at the end, or towards the end, where... It's Malkovich's um, the not documentary, but like the the piece oh, yeah, about yeah, him or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. love that they're kind of like doing their tidbits, and then they go to the Maxine bit, and she's like she's talking to like the reporter or whatever, and then the camera pans over, and it's they were interviewing Brad Pitt, and uh, like so clearly like Maxine just like 
barged in, took over the interview, and like you see Brad Pitt kind of like shark yeah, guy, like the side eye, yeah. yeah, he's like, who the fuck is that? Like, what's going on here? And yeah. I thought that was such a small little. There's a lot of cameos in this. Yeah, there were. It was the uh, Sean Penn one. Yeah, that was a Charlie random Sheen. one. Yeah. yeah. I was not ready they for this. They randomly mentioned uh, Gary Sinise. At, yeah, at yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they did. I was not ready for that. Um, oh, this was a good sequence when um, when Lottie is chasing Maxine through John Malkovich's subconscious, and they're going through which that the whole subconscious sequence was crazy. That was wild. Yeah, intense. Yeah, very intense. Yeah. Very intense. I think that's a, it, that that whole scene. I'm sure you could unpack and it just be like, "What the fuck?" You know. Yeah. Um, that was I, also a very Kaufman esque scene too. Very, very. Um, and it was really quick context of at least this John Malkovich of you know, you're seeing like the scene where the parents are having sex and he's just standing there watching. You're just like, "What the fuck's going on with this?" Yeah. You know, and like just weird stuff like that. Uh, but I love those transitions of like how they're moving through. She's coming in sideways, but then like the, the camera like flips and then all of a sudden she's right yeah. side up again, you know? Yeah. And like how seamless that all felt was pretty incredible. It felt like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the way that they shot the, um, the hallway sequence in inception where it's all mm. like, they built like that huge yeah. Yeah. thing. And I, you know, I doubt that uh, being John Malkovich had the budget that Inception had, and they built something like that. So it, it's interesting how how they probably had to do right. those, you know. Like they so. shot with it, like mm-hmm. flipping the camera right at the start or right at the end of these shots or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Spike figured out a nice little fun way to do yeah. it. Hey, Spike, what do we got here, bud? He's like, I'm going to shoot her in uh, at, at nine years. I don't know how many years later he shot Ten her. Ten years later. Yeah, it's, yeah. 13 years yeah it'll be fine he most he mostly did music videos before mm, he, oh yeah so it looked like he did a lot of music videos for the beastie boys yeah um, and so now I, he's in, I he's would in say charge legendary of music video director is not an understatement for spike jones yeah and and now it looks like if i think it, either he's working on or just finished a beastie boys documentary or documentary series or something hmm um, so it, lo- it looks like they pulled him back in to to be in charge of that, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm, that is cool. That'd be interesting. If you guys have any other um, moments, I have, or- I have something that's not super important to the story or plot or anything, but just like a the one little tiny plot hole that that drew me out for a split second was when they cut to uh, seven months later, and it's John Cusack in John Malkovich. And his hair is like down to his shoulders. I was like, from experience of have growing out long hair, no fucking way. There's no <laughs> way he went from zero shaved head to hair past his shoulders in seven months. Yeah, I your hair will only grow about five to six inches, and in that like <laughs> like maybe even four inches. Yeah, like that that was at easily eighteen months of hair growth, and I, so I was like, I know better than that. So. Uh, for the for those for those reasons this gets a fail out of seven for me wow holy shit (laughs) (laughs) what a weird system bar you have but i I respect that's not my system so that's fine Uh, do you have any other any other comments uh i think i think it was pretty funny sean mentioned the um when he first like went or i guess the only time he went into his own body he just like kind of walked up to the front of the line as if no one would know 
it's John Malkovich. Um, but then the end of that whole sequence was when they were on the Jersey Turnpike and some dude just yells out, hey, Malkovich, think fast. Yeah. And so, you know, him being in this very, very tight, small office with just a sunglasses and a baseball cap, it took them removing those two things to notice him. But some dude going probably like 80 on the Jersey Turnpike saw him from, you know, <laughs> 100 feet away and yeah. was able to not only recognize it was him, but also pelt him with like a like a soda can. Yeah, uh, I was like, that's that's a funny little uh, disposition there. Yeah. Um, and then what else? I have a few notes. There's, um, I've got a fun little thing about that scene that I read. Apparently it was they were running. They were filming late that night and. For some reason, they were trying to figure out who would throw the can at John Malkovich. And I think um, they had a bunch of people like well, a bunch of the crew wanted to do it. And he's like, eh, just throw like whatever, like because he didn't think anyone was going to hit him. And uh, they did it on the first take. Like someone hit him <laughs> in the head with it was like a half beer can or something like that. But like, oh they, like that was the first take was them hitting him in the head. And he was just like, he was so confident that they weren't going to be able to get it on the first try in the church shit. They hit him on the first try. So I think I, I kind of feel like his reaction there is genuine. It's like, what the fuck? You know, or whatever. So I thought that was funny. But that was it with that scene. So uh, oh, I, I like that. I, for, I mean, I forget what I said was the first thing that caught me off guard. Maybe it was the, oh, wait, no, it was the height. The second thing that caught me off guard was um, between like Floris and uh dr lester the way that they talked in that office i like the amount of lawsuits you could get out of those conversations <laughs> yeah uh like i think what did, what did floor say i wish you could uh file me yeah um or something yeah. like that and then uh dr lester i think he said uh i want to be next to floris's naked thighs or something like that and it's I, like i remember the, i wrote this down I was just like, humans are not this forward. Like this is yeah. this is absurd, and this is also in a like an a workplace. Uh, I remember just watching that scene and feeling so uncomfortable. Uh, it it does make a little more sense when you when you learn that later he's actually like a two hundred year old pirate or whatever the fuck or like yeah <laughs> he I mean he did he was pretty forward when he was like how old are you mass he's like oh I'm one hundred and four like, yeah oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. I forgot about that scene. That was yeah. <laughs> was, yeah no. Like work, something about working his fingers too, or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's he like was a very fast filer. To be fair, he was. Uh, he he could have had a great career in it if he didn't, you know, destroy his life over the love of a woman he met for the first time in an orientation. Right. Who clearly could not give two shits about him in the slightest. I, I love the interview scene too, where, where he's just like, "All right, let's see if you can uh, check this out. Which one of these letters goes first? Yeah, um, that that one's not a letter, sir. Uh, aha! I, you're so quick on there, whatever he can, yeah. what he said. But yeah, so that's another thing that you're just like, what the fuck is up with this office? Like, yeah. yeah, and that's that's maybe." That's maybe like what twelve minutes into the movie or something like yeah. that. Like that's early on, or you're yeah. just like, "What am I about to watch?" I think that's yeah. where the movie does well in kind of keeping you hooked because you're just like, 
I need to know what's going on. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like, why is this? Why does it feel so off? Because it starts off pretty, you know, like a normal, normal-ish, a little know, kid with the animals. Yeah, yeah. There's was some weird things, but I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll buy into this. This is fine. And then, and then, yeah, just kind of slow. It just as yeah. soon as the office scene starts, it's just like it kind of just smacks in because it's like. Why are the ceilings so low? Why is the receptionist unable to converse with him? Why is this interview with Lester so fucking weird? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say it probably starts to get weird once Octavia breaks out the crowbar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, that's oh, you, when you're, that's when oh, you're, you're going to seven and, and a half. Like, what she, am I going crowbar. to <laughs> Yeah, she knew immediately what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could, like, see all the crowbar marks, too, yep. on the elevator yep. door. And just, like, I, I would agree. That's probably the exact point where you're just like, what? Yeah. What movie did I just sign up for? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely moves out of the normal category as soon as you see that. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I have anything else as I look over my notes. I don't either. I, I honestly, the more that we talk about it, the more I kind of feel like I enjoyed. I, it's one that, you know, it's not going to be like on my yearly rewatch list. But I think like what you yeah, said no. at the beginning. I think what you said at the beginning, like whether you like it or dislike it i think the movie does do a lot of things that i think are pretty interesting and i think it's Mm -hmm. its story is interesting as we were kind of touched on it too that there's really not a character to to root for everyone kind of sucks in their own way um but i do i do think the way that it tells the story is pretty fascinating and it's interesting getting in the head of craig and seeing kind of his uh, you know, like why he gets so enthralled in being John Malkovich and things like that. And not that it's something, you know, you'll agree with or something like that, but it is just kind of an interesting thought of taking control of someone that way and it being somebody who is uh, popular and a celebrity and whatnot. And uh, the fast does, he does dump his likability at record speed. I'd say Craig. Oh, he does. Um, yeah. yeah. Like you, mm-hmm. like you, I mean, he comes off as, you could interpret it maybe as him being kind of a jerk or maybe you wanted to maybe even throw the word lazy at him when the movie first starts. But I do think there is some level of compassion there for where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. But like then he meets Maxine and you're immediately just like, oh, this guy sucks. Like this <laughs> is why he's in the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. He sabotages what he's in. Um, and he even says something to the effect of that like early on. I forget the exact line. Um and you start you like you're just like, man, I don't know why Cameron Diaz puts up with this shit. Why does Lottie do this? Why is she still with this person? Mm-hmm. What in the world made them fall in love? Mm-hmm. And then the movie goes on, you're like, oh, they both just suck. <laughs> they're uh, both uh yeah, they're both strange. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. It, it was this it, for me it was that sequence where it's like, oh he's putting in a lot of effort to try and meet her for drinks, like like a little you know, it's it's very like first crush kind of or um, oh, yeah, like uh, juice. Yeah, so yeah. that scene was so weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She just goes with it too. Yeah, like, Maxie. Whoa, who told you? I just thought of it. It was so long. <laughs> it was. It was, was very like a, uncomfortable. Like a Ten-second scene. Yeah. I would love to read the uh, the screenplay for that to see if it was like. Oh man, yeah, the writing for that's probably got to be really funny to look at. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm always curious too. Somewhere. I'm always curious if it's something that's kind of improv or because that's like 
um, some stuff that you think would be improvised, but more often than not, especially with movies like this, it's probably exactly written that way. And it's just yeah. kind of, you know, like I think props to Charlie Kaufman for conveying that like awkwardness, weirdness at that moment. Um, okay. So Scott's got a question for us. Uh, Swiss army man or being John Malkovich for us three. I would pick Swiss Army Man over being John Malkovich because I—that's I, one of my top movies of all time. So, but I—I I would say I—they're both great to, to me. So, but mm. Swiss Army Man for me. Okay, I guess this would be like our Desert Island situation thing. You have to pick one, right? So, yeah. Look at that little smirk on Jared. I'm curious about Jared's answer. Yeah, it's being John Malkovich because it has John Malkovich in it. I love John Malkovich. Yeah. I think he's a great actor. He is very good. Um, uh, and Swiss Army Man doesn't have him, so it's a pretty, a pretty easy choice for me. So if Daniel Radcliffe was John Malkovich, would that have changed the movie for you? If Daniel Radcliffe was John Malkovich and Swiss Army Man, I think that's going to change the movie for a lot of people. <laughs> Okay. That is that's a that is a that's a wild replacement. But but I'm not worried about everybody else. I'm worried about Jared. So what would that change the movie for Jared? I'd, I'd have I'd have to see it. I'd yes. have to see it. I don't I don't know I don't know what I don't know what what John would bring to it that Daniel didn't because that that is a I feel like the script is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. So Skagro, what if they remade the movie as a reboot being Daniel Radcliffe? So Radcliffe and Malcolm. That actually just was flipped. one of the questions that I had was if they made a sequel mm-hmm. where, they, where they essentially had the same plot, but you know, maybe they did some different things with it. Like mm-hmm. who would it be cool to see do this? Like who would you want to see a being blank of? Dan- I mean, Daniel Radcliffe would be a good one because he he gets into weird movies nowadays, and so like he's he's a unique and, and like quirky person from what I've heard. So it's like that could be a good one, but I think it also would be yeah, funny. It would depend to- on how the script is written, though, because like even with this one, again, we only get maybe. 10, 20 minutes of actual john malkovich content of him yeah true john malkovich whereas the rest of the movie he is being controlled right. so it's like i i mean i don't really want to see daniel radcliffe get controlled because i think daniel radcliffe especially based off the movies that he's done could bring something unique to a, a role like this like after mm-hmm. i saw guns kimbo i was like this dude will fucking do anything um <laughs> So like I would want to see more of Daniel Radcliffe in the movie than yeah that's just, true like I would I would want to see Daniel Radcliffe in the Craig role I yeah. think that okay. would be a lot of fun um, but who would be the person they're going into um, I think I'd want to see maybe somebody who has a more quote unquote like glamorous life like John Malkovich had a pretty modest New York mm-hmm. apartment that he just you know woke up in the morning read the paper ate his toast and his coffee did his lines and then went about the rest of his day like it, i i think it would be cool to see this movie done with somebody who like like what if you what if you got to be the rock for a day i was just you know? gonna say what if it was dwayne johnson like yeah, being dwayne like, johnson yeah, yeah. Or like, the actor. like that would be wild i think um, i think danny devito would be my choice being danny devito would be pretty funny but see again he's somebody else who i feel like he's already bring, like quirky he would bring enough. so much more being outside of the body you know mm-hmm. like he's a better he's a better supporting character i just don't i again it also depends on how the script is written um 
who the main person would be. But I, I mean, I don't think it. I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of this movie getting maybe not mm-hmm. a sequel, but like just like a reimagined, song. yeah, a reboot of some well, sort. It did get reimagined uh, into a porn parody called Being Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, genuinely not surprised. It's, I, uh, I, I personally didn't know that's where you were going. Yeah, that's so is that like the first uh, like POV, like VR type? Oh, I, of, I don't know. I haven't. Nah, I haven't seen it way before that. You haven't watched it. You didn't do it. So you're going to tell us about it and you're not going to give us I any. I should have. I, I should have. All I know is the plot is a, a nerd who works at a sex shop finds a door at the back of the sex shop that leads into the mind of Ron Jeremy. And then wow. he just starts. He just starts going. What does he start doing? A, a <laughs> lot next, of sex. What's the next part? A lot of a lot of sex. Do, uh, doing the sex, man. And okay. mind, you, mind you, this was not Ron Jeremy in his prime. This was Ron Jeremy in his uh, uh, obese, long hair, balding, probably already doing scummy things to people. Part of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this will be for the After Dark episode we do of talking about (laughs) uh, being... (laughs) I don't want to watch that at all. Uh, Um, I want to double back real quick. Uh, That scene where he's guessing her name, it's mm -hmm. written in the script. I found the script. Exactly like that? Exactly like that. So, Mm. it's Craig, how about this? If I can guess your first name within three tries, you have to come out for a drink with me. Maxine, why not? Craig, great. Watches her face as he guesses. Maxine, who told you? That's exactly how it is. Like, literally, exactly. Like, he memorized exactly which. I mean, props to those two because they pulled it off, and that's where those. Two roles come together beautifully: the writer and the uh, and the actor. Um, Actually, being Paul Dano would probably be a good movie. That could be good. He's he's pretty mild and quaint in his in his real life, and but he he also kind of goes off and does crazy shit too sometimes. He, I think he, I think he subscribes a tad bit to the method acting methodology mm-hmm. too. So it would be kind of cool to watch him. Maybe while he's making another movie, yeah, and seeing how he like goes in between those. If he does, it's funny you mentioned that, Scott. Being silly and Murphy, that one actually did come into my head. That was like mm. I think the second one that I thought would be interesting because I don't know anything about his normal life, but I do know that every time I've seen him as a character, he throws his whole fucking body into those characters. Um, so it would it would, it would also track. It would also track because like John Malkovich was not a household name pers- mm-hmm. essentially back then. And I would say Cillian Murphy's probably is just as famous as John Malkovich was back then, but it's maybe he's, not necessarily a household name. He's probably on the exact same plane as yeah. like, oh, that guy from that one thing. Yeah. Where you're like, you know his face, but you just forget his name. Like the only time I could drop his name and somebody would be like, oh, yeah, I know him is like with other people 
film buffs. Otherwise, you'd you'd have to be like, oh, he's um the scarecrow and and I say also I say just regular TV people because I think whenever I'm talking about him, I just have to be like the guy from Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. I I forgot about that. But uh, I I mean I'm never like oh the guy from Red Eye and people like oh yeah Red Eye. (laughs) You don't want to talk to those people anyway. What a what an interesting movie. Are we, are you talking about this movie or Red Eye? Red Eye. Oh, okay. Well, I think this movie too is an interesting movie. The height, the height of Rachel McAdams' fame. Decided to make a airplane th- thriller. Cillian Murphy. Those are classics. Classic. C- classic. All right. Do you, do we want to know about the budget and the the uh, gross of John Malkovich? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Just because of the animals alone, yes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess any of these, or should I just start dishing stuff out? Um, I, Mal- I, I, I think go for the dish, yeah. personally. All right, let's do the dish. So, budget on this was $13 million. Pretty modest. Uh, That's low. World, worldwide gross, $23 million. Wow. Okay. So, to look at something similar, uh, same year, the movie Rushmore came out. Mm. That had a budget of nine million, so just right five hundred million because it's Holy. one of the best movies ever made. That's and it grossed seventeen million. Close, Jared. That's all. It's almost. So, it's almost five hundred. So criminally those, low. Those two are just about on the same level of the budget was almost the exact same, and it made just about double its budget. I can't. I can't fucking wait for Wes Anderson series god look at you dude that's the biggest smile i've ever seen in your life i love rushmore is so good it's so good it's one of my favorite movies ever is that your swiss army man well what do you mean by that i mean michael, like michael loves right swiss army man, one of your so. highest well everybody loves rushmore who doesn't love rushmore me there's oh, wait sorry, you there's... really not like rushmore i don't like it no <laughs> Are you kidding me? Rushmore's perfect. No. I watched it maybe like six, seven years ago, and I was just like, why does everybody like this? I don't get it. Why does wow. is, is my future wow. podcast co-host love this movie? Wow. it's one. I think it's one of Kara's favorite movies. Kara's great. Interesting. Yeah, Kara can come on the podcast for that one. I'm going to I'm gonna text her real quick. And I can't remember really all my favorite movies. It's so good. I, I would absolutely give it another watch. That was probably the... I watched it when I was maybe like 21, 22, and I just like didn't get why it was so. Why Jaron Air was going to love Rushmore. <laughs> I like your nurse's uniform guy. These are <laughs> OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> That's incredible. Incredible. The delivery from Jason Swerston on that line alone is one of the greatest things in cinematic history. I love Rushmore. I can talk about Rushmore all day. Is I that, can't um... wait for us to watch Rushmore. I think the- yeah, I, I'm happy to do it at some point. I have no ill will against it. I just I I would have given it like a four out of seven, three out of like I just I, I I didn't think about it ever again. I was like, meh, that was a movie. All right, well, so before we jump into, uh, I feel like a rant's coming. I can see Jared getting fired <laughs> up. Uh, we'll go to our rating. So Jared, you gave it a pass. Gave it a, yeah, John, is, being John Malkovich gets a pass. Yeah. Gets a pass. I think for this, I pro- I would give this three Rudy paws for me. Out of so like f- four paws and a boop, right? Four is paws and four, yeah. four four paws and a boop. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think I will give this a. Are you doing I a half? I will. Are you doing halves with yours? Like, are you doing like five I was, and a half? I was trying to avoid doing halves because I like it being clean with the full, with okay. just the full numbers. Okay. But, but then when I'm looking at my comparisons, like, you know, like, oh well, I like it better than this one, but not as much as this one. But then there's no in between. And mm, no, just look. I, at, I think just look at me and Jared and give your rating. Don't worry about your other movies. All right, just looking at you too. Yeah. Um, I think I would give this a five out of seven. Five out of seven. Okay. I think yeah. I, it's pretty good. I, I don't think I would ever say it's one of my favorite movies, but I would oh, I would definitely recommend it to someone who if they had been like, oh, I've never seen that, and they jo- and they enjoy watching movies in general. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it to my parents, but like I would recommend it to somebody who's like, oh yeah, I I, I t- tend to watch good films and stuff. I'd be like, oh, okay, well if you haven't seen this, like you're in for a you're in for a trip. This is such an interesting film. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think what I'm going to start doing is maybe one of my gimmicks because Micah's got, you know, the budgets. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start looking for my favorite letterbox review of the movie. Ah, uh, I like yeah. that. I think that's my thing because, like, literally the most recent review is I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this three and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a very fair, that's a fair review and that's a fair rating for that movie, I would say. And then the top review is just Malkovich uh, about 30 times, uh, you know, Malkovich, mimicking Malkovich. the scene where he's in, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Malkovich, the, Malkovich. the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's going to be my I think it's going to be my new thing. I like that. That's a good. Uh, that's good. My uh, my niche will be hosting the podcast. So. OK. Yeah. 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 I, have few, I have a few notes on that, but that's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, are you hosting the podcast? Yeah, we'll, we'll fix your fucking intro, Sean, and learn your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm ending this. I'm ending this stream now. This is the end of the podcast episode. This is it. This yeah, we is... gotta work on that ending. I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It's mm. it's very straightforward. Uh, if you want any of our info and things like that, if you're if you're listening to us, down in the description, uh, all of our uh, socials. Uh, they're on this screen right here so just yeah man you are do really the thing struggling. do the thing and hit the button and follow so us what we're gonna do is we're gonna sit down we're just gonna open up word we're gonna type this <laughs> up and we you know we'll rehearse it we'll that's put it not, on the screen that's not apex video editing or taskmaster so i don't want to do it i mean technically it is video editing it's not it's writing well, okay, so then you're gonna, open up, you're gonna open up Adobe Premiere and you're gonna start. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a text a layer in. Of, yeah, a text <laughs> layer. This is this is video editing. God, you got you think you can trick me? It's not gonna fucking work. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely need to clean this up. I'll do my best, everyone. This is I'm not. I don't know, man. I just like doing this fun. Friends, appreciate you being here and hanging out with us and listening to us rant and me mess up the intro and the outros and the name of the podcast and not knowing how anything works, but appreciate you all socials and all that stuff will be somewhere. Hope you can find it. Should probably make it easier to find, but Oh, I should make a chat command. Jared, Jared, a chat command. That'd be perfect. There you go. (laughs) Put it on the to-do list. This is your podcast. Is it? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I need to end this now because the hole I've dug is so deep and bad and 
I'm just gonna go watch Taskmaster, so it's fine. Thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is the Concession Stand Podcast. Tuning out. We will see you next week. Just end the stream, Sean. Jesus Christ. <laughs>